0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Today, we're going to get into our team breakdowns. We're going to talk about the Orlando Magic, the San Antonio Spurs, the summers that they had. Before we get to that, we do have a few news topics to dive into, and of course, a reminder to make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Don't forget to go find the podcast feed on Apple podcast Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. I'm Trevor Lane. Joining me as always is Keith Smith. Keith, how are you doing? Start starting a new week. Here we are. We're <laughs> a, we're into August, and uh at least we have we have basketball tonight. Like that to me, that's exciting.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's we've got yeah, the team USA, uh what are we World Cup warm-ups, whatever we want to call those. I'll tell uh, you, yeah, we get that that to watch tonight. I'm absolutely gonna watch that. Um, they uh, it was funny. There was like like they, they were talking about how they struggled against the select team, I guess, mm-hmm. the first day, and then uh then I guess they put an absolute beating on them the last couple of days. So so that's good news. But yeah, man, we got the world cup coming in about what three-ish weeks or so Uh, a little two and a half weeks and and we'll we'll have that and yeah everything else is you know on this side it's just we're gearing up to get ready for school it's uh you know i'm I'm happy to be here talking ball with you because i spent the day i had to go to three different targets to buy a very specific folder that the school needed and uh, (laughs) the first two did not have it despite saying that they did online so that's uh that's always fun
1: Come on, schools. If you're going to demand some type of, of material, like a certain kind of post report or whatever, at least make it the kind that is readily available yes. everywhere. Don't make us drive all the time. And place can be readily. just ordered
2: off Amazon or something. Right. But, yeah, right. It is I mean, what it is. We, we we tracked it down. We found it. We're good.
1: All right. Well, the, the <laughs> day's errands are, are complete or or at least on pause. Yeah. They're, they're, so we can yeah. They're half basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> half, half complete. Half push two tomorrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. We that's, there, there's definitely some of that that's going to happen too. Yep,
1: that's that is uh, that's been that's been me for the last oh I don't know few years. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get into this. So a little more detail coming out on Anthony Davis's contract. Uh, he does have a player option options I put on here apparently, but he has a player option. It is singular. just. just one just one option uh the final year of his deal so this would be the fifth year of the contract and that will allow him to either opt in or or not to that final year of his contract now that uh, from the team perspective typically player options are a bad thing from the player's perspective they're a good thing because they they provide a a little bit more control there for the player um does this does this change the value of davis's deal at all or or how you feel about the Lakers uh, going through with this?
2: Yeah, not really. I I think he will hold value enough that it doesn't really matter unless, you know, by the time we get to that fifth year, if he is so injured that he can't play anymore or anything, then it starts to get kind of messy. But I, I'm not worried about that, that part of it at all, really. I think it'll be just fine. And it's kind of – Going practice, right? The Lakers have been very free with player options over the years, especially under Rob Palenka with with their guys. So this doesn't really surprise me. It doesn't change. I think it's still a great extension for the Lakers, great for Davis, and nothing really changes here. Maybe slightly leans it a little bit more in his favor, which is fine.
1: And looking over here on Spot Track, it is a 66.8 million estimated option. Of course, that is, as we've talked about many times on Lakers Nation, we talked about it as well here on the front office show last uh, Friday when this news hit. It's dependent on how much the cap goes up. That's going to determine what how much Anthony Davis makes. People run around and say, wait, how is he making 186 million when just the other <laughs> day it was 168? Why are the numbers flip flopping and all that? It depends on what projection you're following, it's tied to a percentage of the cap. So that's why you're going to see different numbers out there. But the rough estimate, at least the one that, Keith, you've got here on SpotTrack, 66.8 million, not bad work if you can get it.
2: Yeah, and that'll actually probably come down just a bit because I think that is the the full um mm-hmm. amount if it goes up to 10 percent. Because I are are uh, a guy who helps plug all those in, and you can see that his uh, player option is missing uh, from the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. I think we're in progress on that update. So, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be somewhere in that final year between like sixty three and sixty six million and change. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he, he, my guess is you know probably personal thought probably closer to that sixty six, but but we'll see.
1: His cap hold for that next year is seventy point two million. Yep, that's we're the, hitting yep. that's yep. the world we're going to be living seventy point two million dollar yep. cap holds. Um, <laughs> the Lakers also, this isn't a surprise. Right? This isn't like an earth shattering update, but they're still interested in Christian Wood, according to Mark Stein. Dan Moike had a piece uh, in the LA Times the other day about. Uh, about the Lakers still being interested and in believing that they can be, the, despite seven teams not making it work with with Christian Wood, that they can be the eighth team and and really make it work. That's their thought process anyway. But, uh, but they do still have interest in him. Of course, Christian Wood would prefer to not take a veteran minimum contract. So the wait continues. And again, I, I still believe this is all just kind of being held up by Damian Lillard and, and what's going to happen on the trade front there and whether or not that shakes loose uh number one dollars or, or number two uh minutes uh, on somebody's rotation somewhere
2: yeah and if i'm christian wood i'm leaning towards get me in a good situation where i can really show hey i can play i can be a big part of part of winning you know his numbers last year were really good 16.6 mm-hmm. points he was at about seven rebounds per game a little over a block per game shooting splits were strong like they. I'm estimating it's around 52, uh, 38, like probably 70-something, been still four free-throw attempts per game, good amount of three-pointers per game. Offensively, have no worries. Defensively, gets a little lost at times, but I think if you put him in a good system, he'll he'll be better. And if he has more to play for, uh, he should be better as well because clearly what's going to happen with the Lakers is if he's not, doing what he's supposed to do defensively just won't play right mm-hmm. they'll, they'll they'll sit him and i think in uh, i I think it was in Dan Boyke's piece he referenced look the Lakers are also being very realistic they know they're going to be nights AD's not going to play LeBron's mm-hmm. not going to play someone has to score those nights well Christian Wood can certainly do that right you those would be the nights where that's when you're like this is why we have have D'Angelo Russell this is why we have Christian Wood because they're going to take 20 shots a piece and yeah, you know, we hope we outscore the other team and, and win that way so yeah I, I think that'd be a great spot for him hey you know I the money is not going to be so different for him. the the chances of a sign and trade that get him, you know, 12, 15 million. Those are probably gone. I don't think that's coming. Maybe a team throws him a part of an exception, maybe, but I think we're more looking, you're, you're playing for the minimum and it's, you know, go pick the right spot for you show what you can do and then get back out there and get the bigger contract. Kind of like Dennis Schroeder did uh, where, you know, showed, Hey, I can still play really productive year last year with the Lakers and then cashed in for two years on the, uh, uh, non-taxpayer Emily with the Raptors.
1: Now, if it was a sign in trade, it would have to be a three-year deal. Right. But can't you kind of, I, I don't know, isn't it kind of a loophole where you could just make the sec- the second two years, like non-guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And
2: that's generally that has come into play with guys who are just being thrown into a sign and trade to make the math work. That was the uh, old Keith Bogans play where that's he was right. in into a deal just to make the math work. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if that's kind of, you know, something, my guess is that's not anything. Cause I just don't know that Dallas is trying to do anything big mm-hmm. at this point. So uh, I think you know, we're kind of at the point for the Mavs. They've, you know, yeah, fine. If sign and trade comes up and it benefits them in any way, maybe if they could move Tim Hardaway junior in the same sign and trade or something, maybe they do it. But I think Dallas is looking at it as oh, Yeah. Our roster is pretty well complete. We're going to move on and, you know, good, good luck figuring it out. We're here. If you kind of need us to help it along.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, all right, let's move on from the Christian Wood. Keith, I- I've said the name Christian Woods so many times this offseason <laughs> so far, and I know it's going to continue happening until, uh, Until some type of decision is made, one way or another, but let's move on a little bit. And I I hate to do it, but let's go to a negative story here. Uh, Vladko Konchar torn ACL. We talked about this a little bit last week, banged knees with Luca. Fortunately, Luca seems like he's going to be just fine.
2: He, to be clear, he didn't bang knees with Luca, he's with was playing on Luca's team. Uh, they were both on Slovenia. Luca did bang knees. John right, John. I understood
1: I thought they ran into each other. I didn't see the play. I thought they yeah. ran into each other on the play.
2: Yeah, no, thankfully, no. He um he came down on uh semi like Two on one breakaway, oh, okay. and um, he took the ball right down the middle, dunked, and landed very awkwardly on his left leg, and went down. You could see his left ankle roll, which you're hoping, right? All right, hopefully that's what it is. Sounds weird, but that's what you're hoping for. Right. But he grabbed right away for the knee and torn left ACL, so he's going to miss the season. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's kind of this year's Danilo Gallinari, it looks like, and really unfortunate for the Nuggets because Chanchar was going to play a lot for them. He, They, they were going to kind of slide him into the Jeff Green role, it looked like, and say, all right, hey, you're going to be the the big man off the bench for us and play uh, quite a bit. And now that's clearly not going to be a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah man, that's um, terrible news, obviously. Terrible for, for Denver. And Denver, you know, that you, know, you lose Bruce Brown and, you know, you could use somebody that can that can step in here, but um, but he will not be able to. Yeah. Um, Another I, I did just one, I'm yeah. sorry,
2: one last quick thing on that. A couple people asked them um, on Twitter, so I'll repeat it here. You know, hey, will they go for a disabled player exception? He only makes 2.2 million, so it'd only be a 1.1 million one. So, I mean, maybe just so you kind of have it in the back pocket, and maybe that ends up more than you could pay a guy minimum. Uh, by the time we get there, I'd have to actually run that math on the prorated minimums and everything, but it's, it's right in range. So, my guess is probably not.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you can apply for it and get it because it's not going to really cost you much to do that, but it's unlikely you'd actually be able to use it. Exactly. Um, All right, Ricky Rubio announced he is stepping away from basketball to focus on his mental health. Rubio, what is he, 32, 33 now? And um, and so he's going to step away from basketball. for. You know, this is a guy who's been playing high-level basketball since he was a teenager. I mean, he was a, yeah. He's yeah. been a sensation over in Europe, comes over to the U.S. He's been playing basketball for a, for a long, long, long time. And this is his chance now to step away and focus on himself. And this is you know, just another step forward in terms of of recognizing the importance of, of mental health and Rubio just saying, look, this is something that I need to do for me. And you know, I, I don't know if this means the end of Ricky Rubio's career in the NBA or, or what's ultimately going to happen with him but um, hopefully he gets everything sorted out that he needs to, and then can make that decision um, at the appropriate time.
2: Yeah. It sounds like by all accounts, Spain is preparing for him not to come back and return in time for the world cup. Uh, important to note, they're the defending champions, I believe, um, for the the world cup in uh, Rubio. I think if I remember right, was the MVP of that world cup. So, uh, well, that's tough, right? To 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 not have him there. Uh, Lorenzo Brown, who's a naturalized player for Spain, he's he's from the United States, but I believe has uh, Spanish uh, uh, parents or grandparents. He's out as well, so that's two guards that are going to be down uh, going into this tournament, so that's tough for them. And then we don't know what this means for Rubio and the Cavs. We, we have no sense yet mm-hmm. of, you know, busy basically saying, hey, I need to take the rest of the summer. I'll be back. Are the Cavs going to say, hey, we'll see you when we see you? Um, you know, a little bit later, what I am wondering now for that Cavs team, they have two open roster spots still uh, standard spots. My guess is one of those has to go to a point guard, right? They, they have to go right. get uh, some form of veteran point guard because Darius Garland's awesome. Donovan Mitchell can obviously slide over and play the point. You can put the ball in Carousel Vertan quite a bit to be a playmaker. That's kind of it for them, for guys on the guard line um, that are established NBA level guys. So it wouldn't be surprising, you know, maybe a guy like Ish Smith. Dave you grab him and say hey come on in and yeah you could know, be our third point guard you know until it's, you know uh, back up for now and then third point guard when and if Rubio returns but you know good for Ricky Rubio for feeling like hey I gotta I, I gotta do this and like we said I mean this guy he's he, he does you're right on with his age he turns 33 uh, in October right around the start of the season and He's been playing professionally for four since he was fourteen. So you know that's you know nineteen years of basketball for him, and that's you know, I mean, we talk about right, LeBron's you know up in the twenties now, and a uh, number of years playing. Like Rubio's not far mm-hmm. behind that. Just you know, as a younger guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at the list of potential free agent targets that are a point guard, I mean, Kendrick Nunn, he's going to find a deal mm-hmm. overseas. We were hearing about that recently. You've got you know Ish Smith, maybe he's the best the best fit there. Um, man, Matthew Dellavedova, George Hill, Michael Carter Williams, DJ Augustine, Shaq Harrison. Yeah, I mean it's not. There's not a lot yeah, out there on much. the on the point guard market yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not much out there. Period. Period. Of um, course, any market. Yeah, point yeah, yeah. guards is, is pretty pr- pretty rough. Right. Right, right. right. Yep. So yeah, so that'll be tough. Yep. Definitely rough.
1: That will be tough for them. All right. Speaking of point guards, Trey Young not happy that he was left off of team USA reports circulating that he would have liked to have played. Um, I believe it was our pal Mark Stein who was uh, mentioning that Trey Youngers didn't really fit the style of guard that the U S was looking for, looking for kind of the tough, rugged two way type guards That's where you've got guys like Tyrese Halliburton, like uh, Jalen Brunson players like that. Austin Reeves, of course in the mixes as well. They've got, they've got these kind of two way style guards. Is it, is this, are we hitting the point where Trey Young is like underrated? Is that kind of where, because like, he's a, he's a really, really good player. A little surprising to hear somebody of his caliber saying, oh no, no, I wanted to play, but you team USA didn't want me.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, 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 you know, this could be one of those two. I don't know if they're afraid there are other guys not going to want to play, um, and, and clearly, I don't know if that's the case, meaning not going to want to play with Trey Young. We, we know, you know, we've all seen the stories. He's not the most well-liked guy True. by some of his peers in the league. So, you know, and if we, we go, you know, then you know, I'm going to our uh, regular show reference to make us old. Uh, I know where you're going. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play with Isaiah Thomas back yep. in the day, so he wasn't on the original dream team because guys like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, reportedly maybe Larry Bird said, Hey, if he's going to be there, we're not coming. So, uh, yeah, and Drexler, they replaced him with uh Stockton, right? Yeah, you yep, have John Stockton. Yeah, that's right. And everybody's like, Yeah, that's fine. We don't really care. And then, remember, if we remember in the lead up, Stockton broke his leg. So they played without him in the lead up to, to the Olympics uh, for a little while. And there was all this stuff, well, will he get replaced? And they were like, no, keep him on there with the broken leg.
0: Because I think they were also like,
2: we don't really need him. Like, we're yeah. fine. You know. So, um, But, yeah, so, I mean, there could be some of that. Uh, I, I think Mark Stein's um, thing was really good on it where he wrote uh, today in his newsletter, which everybody should be signing up for if you're not already. It's really, really good stuff. Um, but he wrote in there about how Brandon Hill, the thought was, Atlanta Hawks part owner Grant Hill, uh broadcaster Grant Hill might say, yeah, let's bring him in. Like I know like it'll be fine to bring him in. And he said Grant Hill obviously clearly has control over who's going to play for Team USA if he's not bringing in uh the guy from the team he's a part owner mm-hmm. of. So so we'll see. My guess is, you know, this might be a little message to Trey Young of like, hey, let's clean up some of the other stuff that, you know, maybe is, you know, holding you back. And maybe we'll look at, you know, bringing you into a team in the future. Because clearly the talent wise, he should sure. be there. Like he you was know, one of the better players. And I, I'm kind of wondering with this Olympics coming up, you know, next year, Steph Curry's kind of talked about maybe playing. Um, there's been a couple of the older guys who are like, Yeah, you know, maybe I could do it one more time. I'm kind of wondering if it's like, Yeah, let's load up with you know, the real veteran guys, last chance guys for one one last uh run at this, but but we'll see. I mean, a lot of guys say that, and then then you get in close, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna give up my whole summer.
1: I don't yeah. know, okay, you know. Families are saying we want to we want to go to to uh, yeah. uh some <laughs> an island vacation or something, yeah. and that you know, that gets to be tough, but um. I I do want you like fantasy basketball wise, is this just more evidence that, you know, revenge season Trey Young coming?
2: Right. I mean, he's got he's
1: gotta be upset, right?
2: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be shocked if, if he's out there, you know, uh, you know, basically takes it as like, all right, I'm gonna prove it to everybody, you know. So so let's kind of go from there. So yeah, it wouldn't be surprising.
1: Um, all right. Last thing we've got on this was there were a lot of reports about how great Cade Cunningham looked. Uh, playing with Team he, he was on the select team, which was used to play against Team USA. Uh, and he looked, especially like you said, that first day, but the reviews have been very, very strong about him. Jalen Durant also had just a really nice combination between the two. So yeah. some really good news for Piston fa- fans and of course NBA fans in general, because you, you, you want to see good players playing basketball. But for the Pistons specifically, great news that he's out there playing at an extremely high level. Team USA wanted him on the team but he's focusing on rehabbing from that that leg injury and, um, and getting back to full strength. Didn't want to commit that much of his summer, but it sure sounds like he's playing at a level where if he wanted to, he would easily be on Team USA.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like part of it was team USA wanted him and maybe the pistons might have shut that down and said uh, hey mm-hmm. after coming off a of lost year we want to make sure you know we're doing everything right by him but all signs are pointing to Cade Cunningham being primed for a big big season that, that's you know like you said that's great news uh for yeah. pistons fans where we're really excited about that so mm-hmm. I you know I I well, hopeful right let's let's hope that's going to be the case
1: All right Let's get into our summer review series. Here, we'll uh, take a quick peek at what a couple of teams. We'll do this on each show. We'll take a peek, peek at what a few teams did during their summer, just to kind of break down where everybody stands. And we're going to kick things off. Keith, this is not hometown bias, or at least not as far as I know. No, it was Keith all completely me. Random. He had this chosen randomly, yep. but nonetheless, or Orlando does wind up being the the first team uh, to get their name drawn here.
2: Yeah. And, and guys, let us know what you think of the, the, uh, you know, backgrounds here with, with, with these, uh, things and we're we're trying something new to, you know, just make, make it look a little more fun and, and readable. I, I think it looks pretty good, but, but we'll see, mm-hmm. you know, where it comes. Well, yeah, you know, Orlando, uh, didn't add and didn't, uh, you know, um, lose a lot of guys. It's mostly running it back with, with a lot of the same guys. So they re Mo Wagner, uh, To to a contract they they brought back Admiral Schofield on another two way Everybody else was already under contract Uh, Guys they lost Bull Bull probably the biggest name Out there but Michael Carter Williams Yes the same Michael Carter Williams if you missed it And weren't paying attention to the magic In March and April he did make a return uh, To the NBA at the very end uh, After you know uh, Basically a year and a half after um, An ankle surgery did come back And then Jay Scrub, one of their two way guys and then they added a couple guys in the draft and they added Joe Ingles, um, uh, it brought him in as well. So, uh, Joe Ingles, the one veteran signing that, that the magic are bringing in, which kind of leads me to, they're trying to move forward, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to push forward a little bit. They want one more kind of grown up in the room. It's kind of him and Gary Harris. It's the, that's their role, uh, with this team now, but bring those two guys in as a veteran guys, you know, um, Ingles is a pretty good passer, guy who can really move the ball, can still shoot some defense. He's probably more of a four now than he was. He used to be more of a two-three type defender. Now he's more of a four and slower threes. And then their two draft picks, Anthony Black and Jed Howard, uh, both first-round picks that that they brought in. They sold their second round to the Lakers, right? I think right wasn't that where they get the Max Lewis pick from, I want to say it was from Orlando. It or they
1: may have been. I got it. No, I, I want
2: to say that was Indiana. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they sold it to Milwaukee uh, this yeah. time, but they have sold picks to, to the Lakers a couple times, times, um, including the Max Christie pick. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, um, yep. but anyway, no second round about Anthony black drafted. He was the higher of the two picks. And then Jed Howard, a few picks later uh, comes in. They're hoping to hit much. like they did with uh Franz Wagner and, Maybe, kind of, Jalen Suggs, we'll see. Kind of a big year for him coming. So, not a whole lot done in Orlando, but in in a lot of ways, it wasn't a whole lot to do for the match. Well, and so
1: here's the thing, right? Like, during the offseason, fans of every single team want their team to do something amazing, right? And yeah. so then there's that, you know, the poking with a stick meme. Come on, do something, right? Yeah. But when you're in the situation the Orlando Magic is in, like, you're probably going to get better just organically by your young yes. players getting a year older. So you've got that natural improvement baked in. It's not like you've got a team full of 30 year olds. You certainly do not. So you're going to have just natural organic improvement. And so you can count on that to be a factor to help propel you forward and to help um, help make up some ground in the standings. If you're trying to make a push for things, but you also have to be careful because if you, if you try to do too much just to say, Hey, we did something, you can really derail this whole roster build if you make the wrong move. So while fans can sometimes get frustrated if they see a team that's not making these big, flashy moves, and come on, why aren't you doing anything? Let's do something exciting. Yeah, that makes for a great story in July, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the correct decision for when the ball is tipped in October. And I think that's the key here with, with the Orlando Magic. They didn't, they didn't do anything to set themselves back they still are in an ex- excellent path to grow organically. And then they can see where things go from here and get a better sense of the team they put together. Now, I do want to ask you, Keith, because Anthony Black, I-, I like him a lot, but this is a team that clearly needs shooting. We saw they took Jet Howard a little bit, well, I mean, significantly earlier in the draft than anybody was projecting. Um, Anthony Black, not a shooter. Was that a, a bit of a strange pick? Like, how do you see their draft? Like, they... They spent their highest draft pick on a guy that doesn't fit their biggest need and then took a guy that fits their biggest need, but took him way earlier than anybody was projecting. Is this still a good draft for
2: Orlando or how do we see that? Yeah, this one's kind of interesting. That's a great question. Yeah, you know, Anthony Black, he, you know, just to be kind about it, he just, he, doesn't shoot right now like he's yeah he's a somewhat reluctant three-point shooter he only took two three-pointers per game in his three games in summer league he did did get out of summer league early he rolled an ankle and that's why he didn't play more in summer league but yeah it, it's it's one of those things where yeah you look at this roster and you kind of it screams out like they need consistent shooting but he he's not that guy. He's about six foot seven. So he's got that great size. He's got the long wingspan. You can insert that joke about the magic, uh, with most of the guys that they draft. They love the physical profile stuff. So I think with Anthony Black, the question becomes, you know, are we in a spa with him of, you know, do the magic kind of play him more off ball to start off with a little bit and as kind of a secondary playmaker type guy when he's on the floor? Or is he going to get minutes? It's also I realize, and, and when I say this, I get it. I fully realize I'm not talking about a team that is you know, absolutely incredible here. But it's a pretty good guard group. You've got Markel Fultz and mm-hmm. Gary Harris, um, more or less the starters. Jalen Suggs will likely start if he's healthy enough to stay in the starting lineup. And then you have Cole Anthony, who's a high-minute uh, six man for the Magic. So you've got four guards already in front of Anthony Black which says to me, he may be playing a little bit more at the three early on just to kind of get him in the mix. Now, somebody will be out generally, and that's probably how it will resolve itself, but we'll see. And then the Jet Howard, we'll, we'll we'll see. Last time they drafted a guy a little early from Michigan was Franz Wagner, and everybody is pretty happy with that pick now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we're going to, you know, catch lightning in that bottle again and, you know, see how it looks with, with Jet Howard. But, yeah, I think there's a chance, you know, but we'll see. He's going to have to shoot it really, really well to justify his draft status. And I mean, like 40 plus percent very quickly in his career. Otherwise, it's going to be like, all right, what else can you do? So so we'll see. But he's a kid who played hurt most of last season. I think they're banking on if he's healthy, he'll be really ready to go.
1: Well, and you, you mentioned ball handlers like Franz Wagner. Pretty damn good with the ball in his hands, too. Like this is so there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of of ball handling capability. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, absolutely. But again, this is I guess really, though, if Anthony Black was the highest player on their board, like we would have we would have crushed them if they had taken somebody else because they because they were overloaded with a certain skill. Because how often do we talk about how you draft skill over fit? Right. Like that's we talk about that all the time. You take the best player available, especially when you're in the situation the Magic are in. So, you know, if you wind up with too many players who can who can handle the basketball, okay, figure out who's going to click, who fits, and then maybe you make some moves down the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to your point earlier where, you know, fans look at it and they say, this team had $30 million in cap space. They could have got Fred Van Vliet and blah, 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 and I get it. But then one of those guards at a minimum one, if not more, needs to go because Fred Van Vliet comes in and that's a 30-minute-a-night guy you know, 32, 35 minutes, maybe a night player. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe he's going to do for them. We'll talk about when we get to the Rockets on another show. I think he's really going to help stabilize a young team and really help them. And he could have done that in Orlando too, to be certain. But I think the magic are looking at us. It would kind of like our guys, you know, something's going to, going to, you know, Come to a head here eventually. Cole Anthony's extension eligible right now. I'm guessing there's probably not one coming for him, but we'll see. And then Gary Harris is a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be, you know, something that needs to be worked out. Markel Fultz is a free agent after this season. So, Jalen Suggs is kind of the only long-term guard and that maybe is where they're looking at, Hey, let Anthony black have a slower rookie year. And then next year, one of these guards will not be in the picture anymore. We'll slide him into the mix there and go uh, with that. But yeah, I mean, this is a team though. If you look at it, I think a lot of the other teams would say, yeah, I take that young talent base to build with like, Paulo looks really good. Franz Wagner looks really good. Suggs still has a ton of potential. Fultz has played, played fairly well. I think Wendell Carter Jr., especially on the contract he's on mm-hmm. is a guy. I think a lot of teams would love to have, you know, is, is their starting five because he's just a good solid player on a great contract. So all around future is bright for the magic. Even if this is another year of let's see where it kind of goes yeah. if they're healthy. Yeah. They can get in the mix for the play-in. I don't know that I would go much higher than that, but I think that's where it could. So, you know, kind of all around, not a bad offseason. Not not a great one either, but not a bad one. I don't have any real issue with anything they did. I thought the angles pickup was fine. I thought the Mo Wagner contract, generally fine. We know, no real issue with that one either.
1: And my prediction for them would be this is going to be the last year that they're in this situation, that by the end of this season, they're going to have a good sense – of what it is, who they want to keep, if they want yeah. to move anybody, and what the roster is going to look like moving forward, and then they're going to make some significant moves to take steps forward.
2: Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'm right on with you. I think this is the last year of, all right, who fits, who doesn't, and now we start moving. And we yeah. start going. And they could be a team, too. If to, let's say they're playing really well in, this, in season they could be a team that could make some big moves because you've got some very yes. tradable contracts, you know, on this team where you could all of a sudden be like, oh, hey, that guy's available. Where, you know, if they're like the Cavs were, right, where they stepped forward or Utah or Oklahoma City last year, where it's like, wow, this team's playing a lot better. And here's the thing with the Magic. Last year they started 5-20 and and they finished out playing 500 ball the rest of the way. Um, in the five and twenty start, no, it they, they does all count. I have to remind Magic fans here of that at times. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we can't just count the the, the last you know two thirds of the year over the but final the reality, three
1: games of the season. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> right. Right? I led this club in ninth inning doubles in the month of August, uh, Mister Baseball Line there. Um, but it is on days that start with T. <laughs> right. The thing is, though, the five and twenty start, where Magic fans are right to say, does it count though? They had no healthy guards. That's when they were playing Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner as their starting mm-hmm. backcourt on some nights. So, yeah, I mean, it was a mess. It was a you know, super messy season. Once everybody kind of returned, things fell into place, this team started playing a lot better. So I think there's there's a chance they're closer to that pushing towards 500 team than they are that team with the terrible start. And I, and I think that's why you know we could see them start to climb up the, the standings in the Eastern Conference a little bit.
1: All right. Let's – Head out to the Southwest. Let's talk about the San Antonio Wembees, who <laughs> essentially, they, they won the summer as soon as those ping pong balls came up in their favor, and they got yep. what some are calling the best prospect since, insert whatever, super hyped player. I think realistically, this is the most hyped player we've seen since Zion. I think that's that's fair oh, to say. Oh, easily
2: since Zion, be- yeah. Easily maybe. since Zion,
1: but some yeah, people are projecting AD, him to LeBron. be the... the yeah, so, so some people are taking it to a LeBron level as far as the most surefire, like this guy's going to dominate type type of thing. But I mean, that's the the biggest addition, and maybe that's all that. Like that we've got plenty of other things to get into, but that may be all that matters. They got Victor Wembanyama, who was the prize in this draft class, and that alone probably makes this uh, a, a big win of a summer for San Antonio.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, I'm going to own here. We have a lot of crossover listeners. Uh, maybe viewers for us, listeners for them uh, uh, with, with you know, our, our buddies, Nate Duncan and uh, Danny LaRue on dunked on. And one of the things Danny says all the time that I, I love is he's like, I'm not going to give the Spurs a lot of credit in the offseason grading process for drafting Victor Wembanyama because it was all luck. And he said, so you got the first pick and you didn't screw it up. So, you know, now where he will hammer is if they were like, you know what, first pick, we're going to take Keith Smith and draft (laughs) him instead, right? And then he would hammer him. So I kind of get that. But the reality is we're not doing a grade here. So we'll go nuts over one Banyama. Absolutely. Now, totally fair, did not look good in the first summer league game. We can all own that. The important thing, I think, that, that was maybe even missed a little bit Second game, he did look really good. He yeah. bounced back and played really, really well. Um, you know, did did kind of everything you wanted to see out of him. And I think you're going to see that be a little bit the way that goes for him in his rookie year. A little up and down, a little you know crazy. One thing the Spurs don't have, um, and you know what, I missed him on returning players. Trey Jones should be listed there, so that's my fault. I I built these slides and I didn't put them in there. Um, but um, he's the only real point guard. On this roster right now. Devontae Graham plays point guard. But he's much more of a scorer. They're trying to kind of make Blake Wesley. Maybe Malachi Branham. Devin mm-hmm. Vassell. They're trying to give those guys more ball-handing duties. Campaign. will I don't even know that I'm convinced he makes the roster. Out of camp or not. But they don't have anybody who's going to make life super easy on Victor Wembanyama. So I think at times that may be a little messy. And then we'll see where that, that goes. But you know, there's gonna be plenty of nights where he shoots two of fourteen and can't do anything and looks awful. But there's probably gonna be plenty more nights, and probably way more than bad ones, where it's like, Oh my god, did you see what Wembanyama did last night? And it's gonna be you know all over every highlight. So I'm I'm super excited for him and excited for Spurs fans.
1: Who does uh Wembenyama open the season against?
2: Uh that's a good question. I'm trying to I... think of
1: like the best matchups, and you know that's gonna be a marquee matchup uh yeah, for the nba
2: um, i mean we know denver's gonna open probably in the night game on opening yeah. night right because they'll do ring night it would wouldn't surprise me if denver gets the lakers a lot of times they run back that that uh conference finals matchup um so that wouldn't shock me uh i don't know what do, do you do one against the pelicans and hope zion's healthy and just would that be fun that'd be a lot of fun
1: that would be a lot yeah, i like that sad. i like that that would be a good one That'd be a good one. How about, um, I, I don't know how much like buzz it would, it would generate, uh, pun intended. I think it depends on maybe what happens with Damian Lillard, but scoot versus Wemby in yeah. opening night would be, would be fun too. fun
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they've gone head to head a couple of times now and. You know, it was it was fun. So yeah. yeah, well, I guess they didn't right that second time. Uh, Scoot was out by then, so I guess right. we missed out on that. But yeah, man, that that would be fun too to see those two guys. It's you know, I don't you know who who knows, right? San Antonio. They, generally, they try to keep teams closer to homeish as best they can on those opening night situations. So so we'll see. So it doesn't necessarily lock into a uh, um, you know Western Conference matchup per se. But now. Let's continue with the Spurs, too. Yeah. So they added a bunch of guys. They took on Reggie Bullock's contract, Chetty Osmond's contract, Cameron Payne's contract. Those are all deals where they, they got paid to eat those, those players' deals in uh, various things. We'll see if those guys are still on the roster. They're plus three right now in standard players, so they've got mm-hmm. to waive at least three. I feel fairly confident one will probably be Ken Birch. And then who kind of knows? I mean, we know who it won't be, right? It's not going to be not gonna be one Benyama. It's not gonna no. be uh, C.D. Sissoko. It's not gonna be Branham. The Trey Jones. Matt Trey Jones. Keldon Johnson. All those yeah. guys will be there yeah. uh, for sure. So it's gonna be one of these veteran guys um, here. So we'll we'll see. You know where where that goes with them. Uh, they're well under the tax. They they did use up all of their cap room, so they're over the cap. But seven point seven million in in the room exception. Uh, still left for them. So they, you know, in theory, go sign somebody if they really wanted to, but as it stands right now, there's just no roster room. And that's why a guy like Dominic Barlow who played pretty well for San Antonio at the end of last year and then looked great in summer league is back on a two way. Cause they just don't have a roster spot for yeah. them. So it's not the worst place to be, but it is something to keep an eye on. Now we just talked about it, right? If, what if a team says, man, what if the Cavs are like, we got to get a third point guard in here. Hey, Cameron Payne, what do you think? You want him? Like, let's let's make yeah. a deal. You know, we could send him over there or something like that. Or Reggie Bullock. And those might be why some of those guys could stick a little later into the season. Um, but but we'll, we'll see. They've got some work to do here over the next uh, couple of months before training camp wraps up.
1: Yeah, I like that you brought up Reggie Bullock. Ten and a half million dollars this season. He's a veteran Wing shooter that's always going to retain value that skill set retains value very very well in this league would not surprise me at all if Reggie Bullock is flipped prior to the trade deadline for future stuff because he he doesn't fit obviously the timeline uh, given his age at 32 but some playoff teams will be looking there an injury is going to happen something somebody's going to be looking for a wing shooter would not actually I would be surprised if Reggie Bullock finishes this season on the Spurs roster.
2: Yeah, it's I, no chance. Is no. is my guess? I, I think for sure he gets traded. I, I, I'll go as far as saying Reggie Bullock, Chetty Osman, um, campaign, Kem Burch, maybe Devonte Graham. We'll see. I don't think any of those guys are on the Spurs at the end of this season. I, yep. I think they're, they're all going to be somewhere else traded, waived, whatever it is. Are uh, there Doug McDermott, we'll we'll see. He did pick the sign with the Spurs, so that one's you know slightly different. Um where you know they kind of targeted him. Zach Collins again, they just don't know how many people were watching the Spurs after a certain point last year. Really, really nice year and he's going to start. Mm-hmm. They already said he's going to be their starting five. So Wembenyama will be a four which means that leaves three roster spots to start. Devin Vassell will likely start. Trey Jones will probably start because the only point guard- And Johnson, right? well Kelvin Johnson already said he may be coming off the bench and he said hey I'm open to it you know if that's what's best for the team he kind of said all the right things because I think the idea is Jeremy Sohan probably mm. should be in the mix to start at some point eventually too so so we'll see I mean you know I think you're I, I think we're the uh, co-presidents of the uh Keldon that's, right. <laughs> that's, that's why so, I immediately yeah.
1: go to well Kelvin Johnson has to start <laughs> <Right>? come on <laughs>
2: So that that would be my guess and probably let Sohan play his way into the lineup. But Mm -hmm. if you're the Spurs, Hey, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. We're, you know, these are not the, these are not bad, bad things that have happened. And I don't, I I don't want to go too far with this whole idea with one and load management, but I do think they're going to be very careful with him in his rookie year. I think, you know, if he's showing any signs of fatigue and wear down, they're going to let him sit. And that's when, you know, Sohan,
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: And we'll start and other guys and that's how they'll get through all their stuff. But you know, and a lot of it probably depends on how well they're playing too, right? If women Yama comes in and is amazing from day one, there's enough other talent on this team that this team could lift themselves into play-in contention. I personally think it's probably a year away. I think they're going to need one more year of seasoning and growth, and then it goes from there. But but we're we're getting close.
1: When you talk about well, when you go through that starting five, and then you say it's either Keldon Johnson or Sohan is is your sixth man, I'm like, that's not that bad. That's well, that's great. not that's not bad. That's really especially I. I'm, a, I'm a, And this is, you know, health is required. Devin Vassell was not healthy last year and, and all of that. But I like Vassell. I, I like a lot of the pieces on this team. And, you know, I don't think they have like the nine or ten man deep rotation that you kind of need for regular season success right now in, in the NBA. Like, but that's a pretty good first six where like last year it was a lot of, OK, we've got San Antonio on a random Thursday in January. We'll just chalk that one up as a win, I don't think that it's going to be quite the same. This is not saying they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that. Just saying, I think this team is going to be not going to be just a pushover. I think that teams will have to exert themselves to, to take out the Spurs.
2: Agreed, And I don't think there's going to be as many throwaway games from the Spurs either where yes, they true. go in and just say, Hey, we're not playing a bunch of guys here because a lot of this year is, They're they're like a year behind where the magic are in their process who we talked about earlier in the show where the magic this is kind of the kind of maybe the last year of our who fits let's figure this out before we push forward that that's part of what this season is about for the Spurs, right? It's about really, let's figure this out. Now we've got the guy, right? We have Victor Wembanyama, We have the superstar in place that we believe will be that guy. Let's go forward from there and let's figure out, you know, how do they fit, you know, around him is, you know, is, you know, they're, they're they're kind of stuffed with wing type players, right? Vassell, Mm -hmm. uh, Branham, Johnson, Sohan to some extent, he's more three, four than he is, you know, a wing. But you're kind of looking at it and saying, all right, you know, well, what are we going to kind of do with, with these guys? You know, where, where are we going with this group? You know, and if you go a little further down, like I like some of their deeper bench guys too. Sandro uh, uh, Mamuklesvili played really well um, last year with the Spurs. He had moments with the Bucs mm-hmm. and then played really well with the Spurs at the end of last season. Now that's caution, right? Good team, bad team you know, good stats, bad team, end of season kind of stuff. Charles Bassi is a guy I've liked at times. I think Barlow, I think they'd love to find a way to get him onto the standard roster. I think by the end of the year, he will be there. So there's guys, you know, even further down that I like with this team. And I think there's a chance, you know, we see this, you know, all kind of come together for the Spurs. But, you know, we're we're, we're just going to kind of have to see, you know, well, what it looks like, you know, over the next couple of years. But you're right, you look at some of the names, you're like, I kind of like that guy. I kind of like that guy. I kind of like that guy. I'll also say fully, just as a disclaimer, as we get into all these, it's August and I'm kind of feeling optimistic about all 30 teams. About everybody. Now that I tweeted it the other day. That doesn't mean I think every team's a title contender. Every team's even a playoff contender, but you feel like, man, like I can see where the future is for this team and those kind of things. So I'm excited to watch the Spurs develop because I'll be honest, I lost a lot of interest in them uh, pretty early on last year because not only were they not good, but a lot of the the young guys were hurt and not playing a lot too. And there were times when I'm just like, I'm not really sure what I'm getting out of, out of uh, watching this.
1: Well, and I think that the way you're feeling in terms of the optimism is representative of how most teams and, and fans feel around the NBA right now because everyone has the same record, yeah. right? So everybody's optimistic because we we see every player as playing to their ceiling this coming season, right? Like, oh, Devin Vassell is going to be great. He's going to stay healthy for all 82 games this time and, and all these things are going to happen when reality is it's not all going to work out like that like every team just about anyway every fan base is look at their roster going man we've got a deep team because you're like oh yeah that 10th guy on our on our bench he's (laughs) going to be totally great he's going to hit his ceiling he's going to shoot 39 percent from three all this stuff's going to happen and we just know that you know for at least a a few players sometimes more on a team the guys don't click the way that that you're hoping that they will and um and that's the way the the nba roller coaster goes so the optimism that you feel though is is pretty representative the way things are around the nba right now and again not just fans but teams too everybody is very happy with the summer that they had and everybody is really looking forward to the season getting started that will change at once the season starts
2: (laughs) minus chicago bulls fans who I okay. feel like are just completely miserable and are like, why True. did we not blow this mess up and all that? I'm sure there are Bulls fans that are like, yeah, we're still going to be good. And, and I think they may take a little while to get themselves feeling a little bit better. That's but they're, they're the only ones that I see consistently like, man, we, Stink in there, and it's funny because they're like, We might be a playoff team, and I'm still not happy about <laughs> you know where we're they? They're like the old version of, Man, we're just chasing the eighth seed, right? Like, like what yep. used to be, uh, pre-playing. So, yeah, they're, they're the only ones I see that are grumpy. Everybody else, though, perfectly fits what you said, where it's like, Man, I think we're here. And it is funny where you know, this is the time of year where, too, it's like, No, that guy's really good, like, we can't get rid of him. And it's like, All right, well, you can only carry. 15 standard guys in three two ways Mm -hmm. this year like you know you can't have 20 you know five guys on roster going to the season some of these guys are going to have to go and get get cut and and you know we get all excited about some guys and then they get cut and then the league clearly isn't as excited as we were about them but yeah i'll I'll take the let's be overly optimistic in august over why not because yeah why not now's the time to dream a little bit
1: It's it's August. It's August. Why not be optimistic? And and, you know, throw Blazers fans into the mix, where they're kind of in a weird limbo right now (laughs) and all this. fans,
2: I think, are just angry right now because yeah,
1: exactly. So there are certainly some exceptions, but the general sentiment, I guess, I should say, around the NBA during this time of the year, it's optimism, right? It's optimism for the time (laughs) being.
2: Philly fans are just they're they're just like perpetually cranky, right? They
1: boo Santa Claus. I mean, come on.
2: So yeah. Um, all right, you want to randomize and pick the next two teams? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's, let's do, do it. Let's see.
1: Oh, I need a drum lo- right. drum roll sound effect.
2: <laughs> well, I already ran it, so we'll we'll just do it for today. The Detroit Pistons and the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Next two teams. So, I like it. There we go. We're gonna like keep doing one east, one west. Uh each show, so that there we are. I dig it. All right,
1: All right, cool. So next up will be Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons, and then we get to talk about Memphis. Oh boy, what could we talk about with that team?
2: <laughs> did you oh, uh, did you see Jaron Jackson Jr.? I know we'll we'll get into it in the next show, but he was really like it's um you know he's really fired up about what they could be uh, defensively uh, next year, which is fair, right? You've got you know you've got him, you got Marcus Smart, you have the last two defensive players of the year. You should be fired up. About yeah, what
1: could be uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see uh, where this will take the Grizzlies. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about both those teams on our next show. So everybody watching and listening, make sure you are subscribing whatever platform that you're listening on. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, uh, give us a rating and review over there. And then over on the YouTube channel, make sure you are subscribing. Hit that like button as well. And next show, we'll talk a bit about the, uh, the Grizzlies and the Detroit Pistons. And of course, break down any news that pops up